0: Welcome to Recovery Plus Podcast, Fuck Yesterday, Focus on Today. I'm your host, Dr. May Lee Hennan. Here, we celebrate and honor people in recovery one conversation at a time. Let's talk. Welcome back. This is episode 18. I'm excited to introduce my next guest. Her name is Melanie Oates. In 2007, Melanie attempted to take her own life because... Uh, years of suppressing 17 years of sexual abuse and mental health issues. She did survive, and in 2011, Melanie was hit with another challenge after giving birth to twins who were both disabled. She's since recovered by using tools that support her mental health. Melanie is a mental health advocate and founder of a tech consulting company. She now has passion for spreading hope, joy, and inspiration to those facing difficult times in life to show them they are not alone, and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Take a listen. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hannon. Absolutely. So we'll just get started. So share a little bit about what suppression looked like for you over those 17 years.
1: Yeah. Suppression was me being involved in a lot of things, keeping myself busy. Because I didn't realize at the time I was dealing with so much. I always wanted to be involved. I never wanted to have idle time, not realizing why until I was formally diagnosed with my um, condition. But suppression for me was really just running away from the problem and doing as much as I can to not have it in my mind until it, it just took over and I couldn't suppress it
0: anymore. How did it take over?
1: Oh, It took over by me really... um, I, I ultimately wanted to end my life. That's pretty much like it went from zero to 100. Me being involved with a whole bunch of things, things in college, school activities, leadership, and different, you know, big, big things. People wouldn't expect, oh my gosh, that's really what's going on with her. But psychologically, things just really took a toll. And my condition, it just took over. I I would be sad, I would be angry, I just, the thoughts that I would have, it just,
0: it was terrible. So what led you to realizing that you had depression?
1: Um, There is one instance where I actually ended up calling the National Suicide Hotline, Mm -hmm. and this was before it was like more known. Now you hear it all the time, you know, call this number, call this number. But, um, back then, uh, I realized that something was going on with me when I tried to run my car off the road, but I didn't, but I didn't want to go back home. So I just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove until I couldn't drive anymore. And I was in tears and I didn't know what else to do. Um, And somehow I had this a card with me Mm -hmm. and I ended up calling. I have no clue who I talked to, but they ended up getting in touch with some of the people that I know and they were able to find me. And from there led to me being formally diagnosed, being formally like, you got some things going on, girl. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this was the result of years of of sexual abuse and mental health Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, in your family and in your community, how was mental health looked at?
1: It was not talked about. Mm -hmm. It was a, oh, girl, you're having a bad day. Go lay down. Go, you need to be involved in something, hence me always wanting to do something, right? Mm -hmm. It was a, mental health is not a thing. You're just having a bad day. So, I was, it's like on a deserted island. Mm
0: -hmm. So, The community and in your family as well had that same mentality, like sleep it off kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And like, it's not a a real situation. It's not a real issue to be tended to.
1: Yeah, there is a close family member of mine that told me about a situation when they were in high school. Mm -hmm. So there was some relatability there. From a situation standpoint, you know, they their parents didn't tell them something that they wanted to do. They were threatening a yes, but they couldn't do it because their parents didn't say yes. Um, and that led to them, you know, having a very depressed moment. But that relatable time with me sharing my situation to theirs, there was no resolve. There was no, oh, Melanie, this is what I did when I was going through that. It was a... You just got to deal with it on your own, type of thing.
0: Wow. So, would you say this is fairly common just in your family, or would you say in the Black community?
1: I definitely say it's very common in the Black community. Yeah. Very common. You start to hear, and you're talking about the support component, right? right? Yeah. The community discussion. Yeah it's starting to make its way, you know, to Mm. be a little bit more, more visible. I think with the help of like social media, you can kind of see some relatable stuff online. If you're just scrolling on, you know, social media platform, but it's still not talked about from a, this is how you can get from point A to B. It's Mm -hmm. more so, okay, there are other people that are dealing with it. Cool. But there's still that missing link of, how do I get through it, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. I really still do think it is a major problem in the entire community, not just
0: my family. I see. So is it looked upon like a stigma or how is mental health viewed in the community, would you say?
1: Um, I think it's viewed, it's kind of like two ways, right? Because in our community, especially the African-American community, we have two sides. We have like this whole spiritual side, religion, Christianity, Mm -hmm. and then you have just like, okay, the regular world. Mm -hmm. But in both regards, it's a stigma in both areas. When you think about it spiritually, a lot of people from a spiritual component will say, oh, you know, it's the enemy or, you know, quote unquote, the devil, you know, they're, you're being attacked or whatever. Let's pray it out of you. Let's, you know, read some Bible verses and, you know, get it out of you. Um, So it's a stigma in that way. And then in the community itself, if you don't involve spirituality, it's a stigma just because our culture itself, we want to be strong. We already have these labels already, right? Maybe maybe people look at us like we're aggressive or like there's all these labels. So adding something else. Mental health is just another layer to the labeling, which then becomes another stigma. So it definitely, definitely is a stigma.
0: Oh my goodness! And so, and the the good news is you actually survived in two thousand and seven, obviously, and you got the help you needed. But then in twenty eleven, what happened?
1: <laughs> twenty eleven, I became a mother, which is great,
0: too. right? A joyful time. Wonderful, right? Right. The huge like
1: caveat to that is both of my children were born with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I became a mother to two children with disabilities and then ended up being divorced. So single like mother. Mom. Right. Another label. Right. right? <laughs> oh, it's another black mom. She's single mom. She got two kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, another target on my back.
0: So how did you manage that? And what kind of disabilities do your children experience?
1: Yeah, so my daughter has a rare genetic disorder. It's so rare, there's no common name for it. Um, So that's her primary diagnosis, a chromosome disorder. But with that, she has nine other diagnoses, like cerebral palsy, epilepsy. Mm -hmm. She doesn't speak. So those are more common. You know, people have heard of those things. Mm -hmm. But imagine a newborn baby who stays a newborn her whole entire life. That's basically what my daughter's like. My son was diagnosed with autism a lot more common. We hear about right. it all the time now. Right. Um, so that's their two, that's the two diagnosis.
0: So as a single mom with these two probably amazing children in their own right, mm-hmm. um, how do you navigate that? Were you still battling depression at that point too?
1: Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Luckily I had a lot of the, the skills and tactics to, um, recognize my triggers because mm-hmm. in 2007 when it was like the rubber met the road with my mental health condition I had to be placed into a day program institutionalized basically you mm-hmm. know um but it was a day program where I could leave and come back leave and come back but I was in the scent I was in the program with people that had all types of disorders, bipolar, um, schizophrenia, alcoholism, mm-hmm. um, depression. You know, that's what I was there for. But it was so many different things. But I I learned a lot about the triggers. I learned a lot about the reality about mental health and that it's not just you're having a bad day. I recognize this is the root cause of it. That was a huge help. So with me having all of those skills and, you know, just being talked to by professionals mm-hmm. um, becoming a mother to a catastrophic type of situation like my kids, right. um, they're a blessing. And I don't, I'm not saying catastrophic in a bad way, but that's sure. a huge hit. Um, I just learned like, okay, I feel like I'm having a moment. Let me write some things down. Talk about journaling, getting your thoughts out. Even if I don't have anyone to talk to writing it down is a form of getting it out. Sure. So I had to do certain things to help me, get through those rough days, because it, it was not easy. It still it, isn't easy. It still but... isn't easy, right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. right? And still uh, as a single parent. And mm-hmm. navigating all of this, you know, what do you think the biggest lessons you're learning about yourself, having gone through all of these dark days and challenges mm-hmm. that you face every day, just because you have these children and being a single parent, also in a black community?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely would say I've recognized and realized that I'm not alone. Um, you know, even though I had said, you know, there's a stigma in you know the community. The more people talk about it, the more you can recognize that you're not the only one going through it. Even if it's not the same situation, I've never been able to look and say, oh, there's another single mom with two disabled kids who had, like, I've never met anyone in that capacity, but I've met someone who is going through something similar, right? And it's not just a quote unquote bad day. Mm -hmm. They've been formally diagnosed with something. Mm -hmm. So it just lets me know that um, I'm not alone and the things that I'm going through and the things that I do is not being selfish, right? That was a huge one for me. That's a big word, isn't it? Yeah, I had to really learn, like, Melanie, when you're having a a minute, a moment, and you just feel like your wit's in, if you don't do anything for the rest of the day, that's your self-care. Like, I really had to just learn and learn ways for how I cope with things, um, like what my self-care looks like, like what the community is experiencing, how, you know, it's relatable even though there's not a resolution for everyone. But still, just knowing I'm not alone and knowing that some of the tactics that I'm doing are helpful and not harmful. It sounds
0: life-saving for you. It sounds like what? Life-saving. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I've, I'm really, as as crazy as it sounds, I'm thankful that I went through what I went through. Um, not the abuse. Like, I... I would never wish that upon anyone. Sure. But the end result, me being, you know, going to a day program, me realizing, okay, all those things that happened, those 17 years of abuse, this is, I'm glad that I went through what I went through before I had my kids. Because I can only imagine the level of stress that I have now, sometimes with my kids, sure. added on to, Back then, what was a level of stress of me suppressing all of that stuff? That could have been it. It could have been it. And right. I mean, yeah, I'm. That's why I say I'm thankful I went through what I went through before because I've learned ways on how to cope with a lot of the things that I've, you know, the stress, the anxiety, and all that stuff.
0: Let alone being a mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> one is managing <laughs> you, right, and taking mm-hmm. care of yourself. And the second is being a single parent. And with within that, you know, I'm curious about how you ma- manage your own stigma or shame. I mean, one word was selfish, you work past that. Did you experience shame going through this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I tried to run away from my own problem. And what I mean by that, um, when I went to college in 2004, I literally moved across the country because I just wanted to start a new life.
0: Yeah.
1: Somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows me. You know, unfortunately, things happened, And I was in 2004 when I left. But that life that I left. It stayed with me, right? No matter how Not far you went. Cable, right. It didn't matter how far I went. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you can you can only run away for so long and something's going to happen. I don't know what that something is going to be, but something is going to happen where the rubber meets the road and you have to face whatever it is. And, yeah, running didn't work.
0: <laughs> right, right. I mean, you survived tremendous amounts of stressors, abuse, one can only imagine. And in now, with that same perspective, what kind of things are really helping you now? Being a single parent, working, and working and running your own business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is probably stressful in and it of itself and almost like giving birth to a <laughs> to a company in some ways. So with all of this, what is really helpful for you now? Fast forward to today from 2004 and 2007?
1: Yeah, what's helpful for me is really um, speaking up and getting my feelings out. That -hmm. has been the most helpful thing for me, whether I'm physically talking to someone or writing it in a journal, right? Knowing what Melanie needs to deal with the things that are going on, whether I'm having a day and I'm feeling anxious, whether I'm having a day and I'm just, you know, crying or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, what's helping me is really just being intentional about ensuring I'm taking care of the issue. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I never want to have any moment again where I'm suppressing anything. So that has been the number one thing that has helped me.
0: And how do you, how do you get the courage to speak up? because i I would imagine asking for help is not an easy thing to do,
1: oh it's definitely not, it's definitely not. um I still struggle with it, especially mm-hmm. if i if it's somebody new, right, and when i'm I, what I'm specifically referring to is like therapy sure. right um therapy, you're basically talking to a stranger and literally telling them your deepest, darkest mm-hmm. moments, sometimes sure. secrets that nobody knows, mm-hmm. so um you really. For me, what's helped me is is knowing I want to get to point B, or let's say Z, right? <laughs> I'm at A. I need to get to Z. That is my goal. I'm going to need to make sure I can do whatever it is to get there, whether it's being in an uncomfortable setting and speaking to somebody who has the professionalism um, or the professional background. If that's what I have to do, you got to do it, Melanie you've, you know, you've accepted what's going on and I'm saying you, but I'm talking to myself. Sure. Like, you know, you got to accept what the situation is. And once you accepted it and you know, you want to get to a resolution or resolve, you got, you got to do the work to get there.
0: No matter how scary,
1: no matter how scary, no matter how scary. And you have to be comfortable enough to, to speak up for yourself. And what I mean by that is That's I've been in therapy before and it just didn't work. Like <laughs> this person on the other side of, of the room, they're not getting it, even if I am speaking up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've just had to learn that. Yes, I, I'm talking about therapy a lot because I've been to different situations different therapy where it didn't work out Mm -hmm. but you but you have to make sure you have it in your mind that you want to get that end goal and and be happy get to the resolve get to some clarity so you know if I feel this way and I don't have a therapist to talk to this is what I need to do um you you gotta you gotta speak up and tell them if it's not working or they their answer that they're giving you just doesn't make sense like you you it's a two-way conversation absolutely They're not just talking to you. You got to talk back.
0: Mm -hmm. And being silent is not helpful either, obviously. It's not. I mean, hearing your story is what comes to mind is resilience. Where in the hell did you get the resilience and resolve to accept what was going on so you can move forward? How does one find that? Oh,
1: I wish I had an easy answer. Come
0: on, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Let's just box um, this up and sell it. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, really, when I had to navigate things on my own, yeah. and I'm referring to when I became a single mother,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I now had these two humans, my kids, mm-hmm. that were relying on me. And if Melanie is in a state of distraught, despair, Melanie trickles back to those moments of pre-2007, when to end my life. You know, they're gonna have to fend for themselves. I don't want that. I want to be able to do as best as I can. So that mama bear hat mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. came on. And for people that may not have children, you just have to think about like, think about your purpose in life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How is if you're working for a company? How is X Y Z company gonna get to whatever if you're not if you're not there? Or how how is you know? Your niece or your parents or whoever that's in your life, whether it's a person, a job or anything, put yourself in that put yourself in the same you know situation um and think about how your physical body, the way you think, the way you move, the way you act, how those things are gonna move the entire situation in the right direction if you're not there then then what and you have to care about it too. Right. So it, it's so many layers to it. But the resilience sure. for me, me being in a day program, I'd I never wanted to be in go to the fifth floor of the hospital again. like Right. I, I didn't. I know.
0: But to to leave there feeling stronger, you had to decide to do it. And I guess that's what I'm hearing, too, is this resilient is the desire to take care of yourself, not only as a mom, but as a person, right? There, what I hear is a lot of self-respect, a lot of resilience, a lot of ambition, and just a lot of love for your children. What do you think the biggest thing they teach you every day? My kids? Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. My kids teach me that I can actually do this. Um, And I know that's a very simple statement. It's a deep one. But if you think about the phrase like um, this from like a spiritual standpoint, but like God will never put more on you than you can bear. If You don't want to take it in a spiritual context. You can do anything you put your mind to. If you feel like you can't do something, there's somebody that is looking at you that is like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could be like you know, Dr. Hannon, or I wish I could be like Melanie, or I wish I could be like whatever your name is, right? Mm -hmm. There's somebody that's looking at you that way. My kids happen to, even my daughter can't speak. Like I've never heard her say mommy. I've never heard her say anything, Mm -hmm. but I know that she's relying on me and nobody else can do what I can do for her like me. And it's just taught me like, wow, I actually can do this. And if I can do this for my kids, oh, you better believe I can be in a boardroom as the only African-American female mm-hmm. in tech, you know, <laughs> leading this board discussion with these top CEOs. Absolutely, I can. I i was not born with this confidence, but as years have gone on and I've just realized like, wow, I'm still here. It's 2022. I'm obviously here for a reason. I tried to run my car off a road. I've tried to take pills. I've tried to take my life, but I'm still here, so let me just let me just do what I gotta do and mm-hmm. <laughs> as best as I can. I'm not perfect, but this this is what it is, and my kids really are the underlying reason of how I got here two thousand eleven till now,
0: yeah, wow, that's amazing and and the thing is, there are people listening who are single parents, um, whether they have children in similar situations as yours, who knows, but who are battling for sure mental health. What is the thing that you would tell them? What, what, what would help them?
1: Mm-hmm. I would definitely say you got you to gotta be your best you before you can be anything else um everyone especially parents you're more than just a mom or a dad right you are your own individual person so if you if i'm talking about myself i'm melanie just melanie then i'm melanie the mom then i'm melanie you know the owner of a company but the key similarity in all that is melanie melanie's a mom melanie's owner of a company and melanie's melanie if melanie is not doing okay The people in that mom category, they're going to feel that. People in the work category, they're going to feel that. So you got to make sure that you're taking care of you, however that is, like Your self-care. And self-care is not, oh, let me go out, get my nails done, let me get a massage. No. (laughs) Self-care can just be, you know what, I'm not going to do any laundry today. I'm going to just focus and have a mental day.
0: So boundaries. Take care of yourself first. Right. You mentioned mm-hmm. before when we talked earlier about no days. Is that, is that what you have? <laughs> yep. Tell me about that real quick.
1: No day is no, I'm not doing any laundry. I'm not <laughs> cooking. I am just focusing on me. And that kind of goes back when I had mentioned the word selfish. I had to learn that's not me being selfish. That's me regrouping, recalibrating <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> Melanie, before I can do anything else, I need a no day. No to the mom, right? Of course, I want to take care of my kids, but I mean, sure. you know, we're gonna we're, let me just order some food delivery service mm-hmm, today mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of go and exhaust some energy cooking. Absolutely not. Have a no day. It's okay. Other name for it could be your self care day. I just <laughs> like no day because I know that the word no is a complete sentence.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. No <laughs> is a complete sentence. You don't need to give any reason if you know that. To be, all these things to so many people. You also volunteer. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I started a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know.
0: Wow. So this nonprofit doing mental health advocacy work, right? It's, it's a something-
1: combination. Uh-huh. It's a combination. Yeah. It's for it's specifically for the um, disabled community, whether okay. somebody's living with a disability or they're a parent like me. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, there's some mental health components in there. I've had mental health for caregivers, right? Mm. People like myself who care for children, but their child has a disability. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a
1: whole other level of parenting. From a mental health standpoint, you got to make sure you are good to go (laughs) because you don't want no bad day. Like mm -mm. (laughs) that's so important.
0: Right. So, Mm -hmm. So, how do people find find these resources and find you on your nonprofit?
1: Yeah. So you can really just start. For me, I'm on um, social media, um, Instagram, Melanie Oates. That's my Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but my nonprofit is called Here for a Reason. Uh, but either way, you start for me, from Instagram and branch out and learn all about all the other things, you know, what, what I'm
0: doing. Well, I think that's amazing. Um, years and years ago, not that long ago, you wanted to take your life. And now you're offering people hope and resources. And one of the biggest things I heard is that you're not alone. And I guess that's the main thing is you're not the only one who is struggling. There are so many. And there's hope despite that struggle. So wonderful. So I really appreciate you spending the time to talk about your story and how it's got you to the other side, because there is definitely a different side you got through that tunnel. Is there anything else you would add to let single moms know?
1: Yeah, I definitely would add, even if you feel like you're okay, still have those check-ins. You probably hear somebody, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like, "Oh my gosh, this girl sounds so happy and <laughs> I go to therapy every 2 weeks." Right? I told my therapist, it was a little bit maybe almost a year ago. I was like, "Hey, I feel all right. I don't think I need to talk to you anymore." And she was like, "No, we need to just make sure we have these check-ins even if you feel like you're okay." So that that that's what I would say. Um If you're a single parent and whether you you're in a situation or you're not, you still just want to make sure that you are talking to someone because sometimes you can just do so many things and not realize there's other things going on internally that you need to address. So I would just say that no matter if you feel like you're on cloud nine Mm -hmm. or, you know, you feel like you're being hovered by a, a gray cloud. It's okay to continue, you know, talking to someone and talking to therapy. So many resources now. That's so great. many resources now.
0: And also to use no, right? Have no days.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> yes. And it's not being selfish. That's the other thing. Your self-care days or you, whether you want to call like what I call it, your no days, no, you're not cooking dinner, that is not being selfish. Do not beat yourself up and feel like you are being selfish because you decided to binge watch Netflix all day and you had your door closed and you told your kids, you know, there's food in the fridge or whatever, mm-hmm. like it is okay. You got to worry about you, your mental health before you can even think about the energy that's needed to do your other roles.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a busy schedule, so thank you being a mom, being a business owner, doing volunteer work and hopefully having more no days to take care of yourself. Thank you again, Melanie, for being here. I appreciate it so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Hennon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Recovery Plus podcast. Fuck yesterday. Focus on today. I'm your host, Dr. May Lee Hennon, celebrating and honoring people in recovery one conversation at a time. This podcast is sponsored by Red Door Coaching and Consulting. You can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.